Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit, education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. We are back for another week of Giving Credit, and I'm your host, Annika Jackson. I'm here with one of Kitty Credit's advisors, Carlos Vasquez. Hello, Carlos. How are you today? Hi, Annika. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Now you are, because we like to have parents, we like to have finance experts, we like to have partners of Kitty Credit, and also, you know, tech founders, and you are a disruptor in education using tech to do that. So tell our audience about you. Sure. Yeah. As you were just mentioning the role, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And now recently my son who's will be five is now um, in public school here. So like, I feel wow. way uh, more, I guess I just feel closer to the system now than I was when I was just doing professional development um, before he started school. So as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, disrupting things under the uh, education umbrella, especially as it relates to um, equity and computer science and access and, and making sure that our black and brown students are being prepared and supported to qualify for the jobs that are yeah. um, currently, you know, booming and at a rate that we've never seen before in our history um, through teacher training and, and curriculum uh, development. I love it. And that's through Miami EdTech. Correct. You founded yeah. um, and then you have some other positions and things that you're doing. To- yeah, so right. Miami EdTech is a nonprofit that was founded. I also uh, work with um, Hotwire on the nonprofit side. Hotwire is an internet service provider. And again, similar to um, what's you know in my my DNA, uh, advocacy um, on equity, especially as it relates to the digital divide. So in my role, um, that's basically what I'm doing through the lens of uh, making sure that as far as infrastructure and internet, um, our students have access to not just any old internet, but <laughs> Um, you know, not all internet is made the same. So that's, that's the work with, with Hotwire. And then on a number of, of different boards, including Miami-Dade County Public Schools, STEM board, FIU, wow. local college. So yeah, I stay busy. Yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> just and a then, little bit. And then you're also husband, a father, all yes, those good all things. Those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your journey to becoming part of Kitty Credit and the Kitty Credit family. Yeah, so one of the original um, programs that we did at Miami at Tech um, uh, when we started was this idea of supporting individuals who had ideas for disruptive and, and kind of like ec- equity um, focus uh, technology. And when I met Evan and, and he told me um, his goals with uh, Kitty Credit, um, it really hit home for me. And um, so we, uh, we, we took Kitty Credit as a, one of the first companies in our accelerator program. Yes. And it was uh, not like your traditional accelerator. We actually did more of a Uh, I would say personalized versus like a traditional cohort model. We actually kind of met Evan, figured out where he was with his, um, with the idea and the the project, and then just kind of like supported him with resources and advising, um, including the the CTO, Victor, who's on the team. And Mm. uh, and then myself, who uh, also uh, came on um, as an advisor. So the problem that Evan is, is solving is something that really uh, hits home for me. 
And um, I, I saw an opportunity to just kind of like, you know, give him a, a hand up. I mean, he's already someone uh, yes. who I am a huge fan of and admirer of his, of his eth- work ethic. So I'm just, uh, I feel really fortunate to, to be on the team. Wonderful. Well, we love having you. So, so you just, you know, teased us a little bit about how this is a personal story and journey for you. So do you want to share, you know, you can share as much or as little as you want, yeah. to, but we love to hear because everybody has such different stories about their background when it comes to finance and credit. Yeah, of course. You know, so I grew up in the South Bronx in, in New York city mm. and, uh, tough times, um, environments that, you know, traditionally are under, under resource and under, uh, supported in terms of programming and, um, you know, things to do basically. And, you know, for, for, for being in that environment, I, you know, a lot of times people think that, or make connections to, um, you know, incarceration. I mean, mm. a lot of young people who, who don't get the right type of support end up, you know, pursuing other pathways because they don't have, you know, things that they can see, uh, long-term. So for me, I was really fortunate. My mom really kind of, uh, uh, ruled with a heavy hand at home. So I was kept, I was kept home a lot and I was into sports um, so I, you know, I was fortunate. I, I had a lot of dealings with law enforcement, um, but it not the most intimate experience I ever had actually had to do with a credit experience. So my mm-hmm. mom, who was a, a single mom, um, graduated high school, who didn't have a full-time job at the time, uh, was on public assistance, you know, struggled to help find ways to, to get me to, to pay for college. And, mm-hmm. You know, I would max out on, on you know, asking for grants and trying to figure out ways. And every semester, there was always something that there was a gap. There was an amount that was always like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to school. And my mom, one year, she she got a family member and um, he he was a co-signer on a loan. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I knew that I was going to take on the responsibility after. But the banks needed someone with some credit history to be able to be to be a co-signer. Yeah, and he agreed to do so. And um, and that was in college. I graduated in 2003 for some kind of context there. <laughs> and I think it was about 2000, maybe 2008 or 2009 that I was actually uh, pulled over by police officers, arrested, taken in, spent basically a whole day in a cell because uh, he alleged that, uh, that, that the signature was forged. <gasps> and since I was, a, since I was a teacher at the time, my loan should have been in deferment, but I guess the documentation never oh. went through. So this person leveraged his relationships. He worked for the city, leveraged his relationships and basically got me uh, arrested. And um, it was it was tough because I was in danger of losing my my teaching status. And yeah. I couldn't imagine as I'm as I mean there, it was a you know it was a unmarked car you know guns drawn I don't know what was happening oh I was put in the back of the car and I started thinking to myself like what what have I gotten myself into <laughs> and and to find out that it was about you know something that was like you know credit based I mean my mom couldn't she didn't have anyone else who could have co-signed and we struggled to find a co-signer and you know, someone who volunteered and to, 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 to just be on the verge of like really disaster. I mean, if I would have, if that would have gone on a record somehow, or if, if I missed school because I was supposed to teach that morning and instead of going to teach, I had to call my principal and say, I wasn't making it. I couldn't give detail. Uh, and, and, and so, so yeah, you know, that for me credit, I mean, it, a lot of people take it for granted and don't realize that what, what it is to, to have um, access to advice and and an experience and learn learning that can help you and and a lot of times it's really just tied to zip code and and what you grow into yeah. and are born into so that for me with Evan um, focusing on the literacy piece I never even 
touched the topic of credit until I was maybe in my mid twenties, to be honest, is yeah. when I when I wasn't getting uh, approved <laughs> for for loans and, and stuff like that. But that story for me is um is you know I tell people that story and I think just people are just shocked because you know being growing up in the in the South Bronx and there's other other ways that I could have like gotten in trouble and other things right. and for it to be tied to such a deeply rooted, you know, systemic issue is, uh, is something that's, that's what I alluded to by saying that it, it really hit home the problem. It's the, I mean, that's heartbreaking. I've never even thought about, you know, I don't think most people would think you could yeah. actually get arrested right. for a situation like that. Yeah. As it was happening, I really, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it either. Um, I think that uh, again, this person, he pulled strings to kind of uh, basically try to um, intimidate. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got there, I, I mean, I met with the police chief um, and basically had to say, look, this was uh, this was my uncle's, uh, you know, who tried to help me years ago. And I think they called it. I forget what that's called. But uh, he, I mean, he was a, a family member who after a divorce, like was no longer a family member. Mm-hmm. So he was able to, I guess, I guess that was a little way to, you know leave an impact or leave a mark. And yeah. it almost, it almost cost me my, you know, my teaching career. And it really was because my mom scrambled every year while I was in college to find a co-signer. Mm. So. I mean, that's an amazing story of perseverance on the part of your mom and you, yeah. you know, yeah. it speaks so highly of her character, that this was so important to her right. to make sure that you got an education that she couldn't get. And yeah. look at what you're doing with it now. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, one of the many reasons I feel so obligated to fix the role behind me was because of these challenges that I saw that had nothing to do with um, someone's, you know, ability. It was tied to someone's, you know, gr- you know, growing up in an environment where there was no uh, support. I mean, she had me at a young age in, a, in an area that, again, is under-resourced, um, under-supported. And um, for me, it starts with education. I mean, I was just reading an article today about teachers and their roles and they're just not academic, you know, leaders. They're, these are their social justice, their equity. Yeah. They, they have so many roles and so many hats they have to wear. Public schools, I feel, are the um, most important, most critical uh, place for young people to develop the skills that they're not going to get from outside uh, environments, you know, because of where they might live and what they might have access to. Yeah. Interestingly, I was having a conversation earlier today about that very thing and how public schools are not set up equitably because they're set up based on zip code. And if you set up zip code, then it's about how much money that zip code brings in in taxes. Um, And so how do you change and continue to disrupt? And is that what brought you from being an educator teaching in the schools to being an educator on the other side with a nonprofit to help advocate and provide resources? Yeah, I mean, I love the classroom. I started teaching um, as a fifth grade teacher. And I really, I mean, I found the found I worked in sales for around five years before I became a teacher and and was motivated because my mom at the time I had saved up enough money to buy her house. Mm. And she told me to use that money to to do something for myself. And um, I I really tried so hard. And she said she 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 wouldn't take it. So I I actually paid off a lot of my debt and became a school teacher. I said, I've, I've always wanted to be a school teacher. And it was like, almost like I set aside an account 
for <laughs> to do it, but I didn't even think that's what I was going to do is for my mom. And her wish was for me to do something for myself. So I ended up, like I said, I paid off that, became a school teacher. And once I taught after three years, I realized that I wanted to make a bigger impact on the system and mm-hmm. um, have been, you know, in different roles uh, impacting the system. Um, and, you know, as I'm getting older and wiser, I'm starting to learn um, about the different levers and what to do. And, you know, it starts with awareness and awareness campaigns and, and helping people see that it's not about um, ability. You know, it starts with just a level playing field and credit is 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 leveling the playing field. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even buy a car or insure a car until I was mm-hmm. almost 28. I had to have my grandfather co-sign. And I didn't have anyone to go to to learn about credit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, at the time, you know, you would Google stuff, but it felt so foreign yeah. um, because it requires like really basic blocks first about behavior and rewards and managing rewards. And I think that's what's so wonderful about Kitty Credit is that you're starting to create these behaviors and habits that are subconsciously becoming part of the, you know, uh, the, the, the thinking process for yeah. young people. Uh, and then once you do that, then you can add the other components and tie it to your credit score and everything else. So that's, that's really why it hit home for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you've already, you've touched on why credit's so important. If you could go back and give yourself advice on credit, what would you say to your, you know, 18 year old self who's looking to get into college? Yeah. Um, I also remember showing up like one of the first days and seeing a table with like all of these gifts and, and cool swag. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I said, Whoa, free money. I signed up. I made the mistake of getting a credit card. And and I mean, look, I, I for me, it was, it was survival. I mean, yeah. if I took out money, um, you know, most of the time it was to pay for something, whether it was food or something tied to like my basic needs. And, uh, and I think that's something that a lot of, you know, first generation, you know, black and brown college students face, Mm -hmm. especially those who aren't considered, you know, um, academic scholars and aren't able to get the types of scholarships, you know, that, and that they, that they should get. But I think there's a, there's, there's a, there's a something trending in education. There's a a kind of like a framework trending in education that Mm -hmm. we want to teach kids to not be afraid of of failure, um, to keep bouncing back. And I think it sounds really good on the surface, but if you if you kind of lift the hood a little bit, failure is something that early on in life, depending on your on your background, failure meant losing your place. Mm-hmm. Failure meant, you know, not being able to pay rent. Failure meant, you know, not finding someone to help you, you know, co-sign a loan. So I think the relationship with failure for for many people is is different in the sense yeah. that it is very scary to fail. And it, I don't it, think that should be a universal. It's contextual. You know, and, Very, and, exactly. And it's know. still putting systemic racism, racism right. over the top of that. Concept. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I've, I've been in experiences where, you know, for entrepreneurship, it sounds really simple. Oh, <laughs> help students not be afraid of failing. And I'm like, you yeah. don't know what that means for the mom yeah. who's working or who's, you know, I saw, you know, family friends who, who, who would, you know, sell hot dogs out in, in New York city to try to just get by and failure for them. man. if they didn't, you know, something happened or if they were sick, they couldn't go sell, they couldn't pay the rent. So like, yeah. I think we have to really be mindful of that. And that's where I think, again, the tool kitty credit helps, I don't, I wouldn't call it failure. It helps teach responsibility yeah. and, and it creates an environment where they can accrue rewards based on good behaviors and then exchange those, which I think unless you have access to that, um, a tool like that, 
you don't really naturally experience that, that framework. Yeah. Well, and even building up habits, because when we're kids, we don't really think about building up good habits for things necessarily, unless you're in sports or, you know, you're in uh, structured activities that make you create those habits. But that's essentially what you're doing when when you use the app with your kids. It reminds reminds me of climate gentrification. It's almost like Mm. financial gentrification in the sense that, you know, okay, um, you know, we might say that science and, and, and we're having an impact on our, on our ecosystem and the water is rising and there are things and, and the world is heating up. And, but if you go into uh, environments where they have to, they kind of live day by day, they're thinking about day by day, how yeah. are they going to put food on the table that night? Exactly. And I think financial gentrification as a, is, is in a similar construct is based on how do you save for the future? You need to make enough to pay for your basic survival then you can think about saving. So if, if you can create um, scenarios where you let young people practice um, and, and, and have them practice saving and those things that they don't get to probably normally see or do, we have a better likelihood of their, you know, financial, I guess, success. Yeah, absolutely. So if you had $100,000 today, what would you do with it? Oh, uh, I think right now I've been basically head down doing research on apprenticeship programs and internship Mm, programs and just trying to figure out how to leverage more federal funding for career um, uh, support and career access and how to, you know, look at policy. So I think, honestly, I think I would use that right now. If you ask me to hire a policy expert to help me just kind of lift the hood on some of these um, policies and things that are out there. So that, that's, that's, that's what comes to mind right now. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to have an, a conversation about that separately because yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on the QuickBooks Small Business Council Oh wow. and we do a lot with policy. So I'll, next yes. time we have a meeting, I'm going to send you some materials before and get your, your feedback and input. I would, I would love that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Wonderful. So you, you are a dad and yep. you have an, a, a new one and yep. your five-year-old is now in the school right. system. Yep. So how are you teaching your five-year-old about credit? Are you using the app yet? Are you, yeah, are you so we're using the days? app. <laughs> we just started using it. Um, the idea around like not redeeming rewards so fast is still something I'm working <laughs> on. As soon as it gets to a certain level, it's like, I want the biggest thing I can get with yeah. these rewards. So, you know, we're, we're, we're working on, you know, we're working on the psychology of, delayed gratification like waiting um but you know with at his age that's going to be natural so you know i try not to be a parent who's just constantly just kind of flooding with gifts or flooding with things i think um i'm i'm mindful of that because i think that's part of it is 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 recognizing um privilege and Mm -hmm. and right now you know being where we are and, and you know working hard to be in a place where i can provide fully and be that be that father that i always um, wanted and um, for me, it's it's not losing sight of 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 cultivating a well-rounded and you know empathetic young person. So yeah, so we're using the app. I love it, but uh, we're still working on <laughs> the, the the waiting yeah. for for redemptions. <laughs> well, if there is a policy analyst listening today, or somebody yeah. else who wants to get involved um, with the work that you're doing and help disrupt education through technology. What's the easiest way to find you? That's going to be miamiedtech.com. Um, my email is carlos at miamiedtech.com, miamiedtech.com. Nice. And on all the socials, if you want to follow along and see how they can help. Yes. Create yes. Change. At, at Miami Ed Tech, all of it. 
Awesome. And is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? No, I think we covered it all. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for sharing that. I'm heartbroken still. Yeah. Um, that it's just shocking. You don't think about, you know, all of the different things people go through and that you, right. and that it can get to that level. So, yeah, I mean, just just the vulnerability that it takes to really like look in the mirror. And as a mom, I'm sure she, she was, you know, I mean, imagine not being in a place where you can, you know, provide for your son who's trying to do good for himself who's yeah. trying to go to school and every semester was like anxiety attack because we just didn't know how we we're going to come up with that gap amount that was remaining and um you know i'm still paying you know school loans to this day and if i look back i was in a household that was bringing in six to eight thousand dollars a year um when i was in college um so to think that there wasn't a system in place to to ensure that i could have access without carrying the burden of debt at yep. now is, uh, you know, again, like policy related and uh, everything ends up you know, <laughs> leading towards policy at the end of the day. So yeah, it does. who are on the front lines of, of, of challenges don't often have the capacity to, or the bandwidth to like think big in policy. Um, so I hope that we can, you know, make strides in, in that space in the financial literacy world. Well, I'm here for it. So Let's Thank do you. it. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, much. Appreciate you, Carlos. Of course. Appreciate um, you as well. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for coming back for another week, learning more tips, tricks, and stories about credit and finance, why they're so important, and how you can help be a disruptor too. We'll be back again next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com. K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T.com.